in the podcast, I have a very special guest. His name is Owen Dignan and he hails from Dingle in County Kerry. And if you were visiting Dingle prior to COVID back, I think around 2018 and before that, you might have seen this man doing lots of concerts around the town. He's an Illan Piper and also an inspired composer. Welcome to the podcast, Owen. Thank you very much. Great to be here. What I'd really love is for you to tell your backstory because I know composers and musicians in general have very interesting backstories which influences their style of music and how they present their music. So what was your earliest memory of music? Uh, well, growing up, there was a lot of music in our house always. My mother came from uh, a uh, which is uh, in West Cork. It's uh, what's called a Gaeltacht, uh, an Irish speaking region where the language survived uh, down through the years. And these places were kind of always hard to, hard to, to find or hard to get into and even harder to get out of. So what happened was the English forces tended to stay away because they could be picked off too handy. So the Irish survived in these areas and the, the language survived and the music survived. So I spent a lot of my, my uh, summers as, as a child with my brother and my sister down in Coulee, uh, up in the mountains um, with my grandmother and my grandfather. My grandfather was a, he was a, a great Shano singer uh, and, and, a, and a writer. He wrote lots of songs. He would have written a, a, his, a very, his most famous song is a song called Tom Chugas Mara, uh, which means myself and my mother, uh, which is uh, uh, myself and Mara, my, my Mary, uh, who was uh, uh, his, his wife. And he had written a song about the happiest man in the world. And he's living in a place called Durham Quilling in Coulee. And Durham Quilling means uh, Hollywood. So he was having a joke saying he was the happiest man in the world. He's living in Hollywood uh, on his big, his big farm. He left out the fact that it was uh, uh, all mostly mountain and very, very poor land. And he had all these wonderful uh, apple trees and uh, 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 fruit bushes. And uh, his, his lovely wife and his child in the, in the, in the manger. And the, the child in the manger was my mother. Time should go smart, go sauce and her like a On a half to a fortune, they can all thought of Anna. Oxygra, her card goes far them. Hogs are lovey, scabra, broccoli, scar, her maid beam, she shined cure. The part in a bell again, racks fall de do, racks fall de daldero die. So, um, and it actually turns out that I actually got my mother to record that song on one of my albums later on. Oh, recording. My mother and my sister did it together. That was, that was really fantastic. Special uh, memory. So, yeah. And then at home, uh, my mother was always singing. She was a great singer and she was always singing. And uh, I spent a lot of time hanging around in the kitchen with her, listening to her songs and... Uh, and and the radio, the radio was always always on, you know, mm -hmm. uh, radio, uh, radio one was always on, uh, the RT radio one. So that's that's kind of where the music started. So, like, like you transitioned from your young years into becoming an Illan piper, and how did that happen? Uh, well, 
um, uh, again, it goes back to my mother. She 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 liked the sound of the Ellen pipes. I think she had a a, a grow one time for uh, uh, some piper, possibly Seamus Ennis. You never know. But she definitely liked the sound of the pipes, and she told me when the pipes came on the radio, uh, I'd crawl up to the radio as a child and just sit there mesmerized listening to the sound. And uh, what I think, what I what I re 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 reckon after uh, checking this story out, was at the time uh, 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 a man called Leo Rosen had put out an album, the Clatter uh, uh, Record label, and it was, it's called King of the Pipers, and he'd recorded a track called uh, The Fox Hunt. And there was all these sounds of dogs barking and, and horns blowing, and, and it was all done on, 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 the, uh, on the pipes. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, that's what would have fascinated me. I would have heard all these kind, these kind of uh, animal sounds. and Coming, coming through a music or a piece of music, as, as it were, at that time. Coming from the radio, and I would yeah. crawl up to it to see what's going on, you know? Yeah, <laughs> just happening? pure curiosity.
So next thing was that you were heavily influenced by two key people as you transitioned into learning the Illin Pipes. One was Sean O'Reardon and the other one was Leo Rosum. Can you explain how they came into your life and how they influenced yeah. you? Well, we just start with Leo Rosum. Um, I, 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 I started playing the whistle uh, at a young age in a, in a club in, in um, Church Street. Um, uh, Mick O'Connor was the man who, to, who taught, started teaching me to whistle. And another man called Ned Stapleton. And uh, I played a whistle for a while and then I, I got interested in the pipes and I said to my mother, I'd like to do the pipes. And she uh, brought me to the Pipers Club in Thomas Street, which was a very famous uh, place in Dublin at the time. Because all the, all the musicians uh, from the country, when they came into Dublin on a Saturday evening, they'd gather for a session in a, a Piper's Club. And they'd sit there till late in the, in the, in the, in the morning playing away. And uh, it was a gathering, a meeting place for all great musicians from all over the country. And also there was classes there. Leo Rosen did a class there on a Saturday evening. And it was a club, so you paid, you paid uh, uh, a membership for the year. And you paid 50, 50 pence uh, for your for your class uh, every every Saturday night, and you, you could get you could uh, uh, rent out a practice set of pipes, which is a, a chanter, a, a bellows, and a bag, and that that was your starter pack if you like, and it didn't cost you an arm and a leg. You know you could you could rent it when 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 you progressed onto a bigger set, you'd hand that back. So that's how that's where I started every Saturday night going to Leo Rosen, and then. Uh, with the pipes, you kind of develop very quickly uh, in the initial stages with the with the chanter, and uh, you make huge leaps, and, and uh, it's very encouraging. And then, um, uh, and then you come to a plateau, and you plateau there for a while. And then, uh, what Leo Rosen did then was he'd bring you into the school of music. He was teaching the school of music, so he'd give you a half an hour on your own in the school of music for for uh, uh, for your class and. Uh, you would develop very quickly again, then onto another level again. So that's that's I went through all those steps, and then uh, and then I, I got to about sixteen, and I said to my mother, I said, "I've had enough of this. I'm going to stop." She says, "Why?" Uh, I said, "Well, because I, I I'm not going to end up. I'm not going to have a, a rosum set of pipes because he's getting really old now, and he's got a long uh, he's got a long list uh, of people on his waiting list, and uh, it's just not going to happen." And it, it turned out uh, that um, a couple of months later, my mother was uh, reading the paper and she saw an advertisement in the paper for a roast set of pipes. It was uh, unbelievable because uh, it's just, it was just like it was meant to be. She showed it to me and I said, let's go and look at it. So we went and um, I waited for my father to come home from work and we went and uh, uh, I was... The, she was the first person to apply to that ad and the three of us went my mother my father and myself and uh, i put on the pipes and tried them and uh i i i, I never it's my first time having a full set of pipes on i almost just had a bag and a chant but i had the full so i didn't know what i was doing i was just trying to get it but i was in in heaven you know and uh, and the guy the guy who, who was who was selling he looked at my mother and he said uh he, he, uh, I'm going to give it to him uh, and I, I'm going to say one thing to him uh, just play them the reason I'm selling them is because uh, I've just got a job as a, as a commercial traveller and I'm not playing them they're lying there, just just play them 
Well, I've certainly done that. I've brought them all over the world. My goodness, you, know? you have. I mean, you've toured. Where have you toured? You've toured in Germany a lot. Have you no, gone stateside? Oh, I've been to the States as well. Yeah, we've been down to China. We've been to, to Taiwan. We've been, been everywhere, you know, everywhere. And do you travel with a core group of musicians, like your own kind of group of musicians that you tend to go with? Or do you just go and kind of put yourself into whatever is going at the time? Well, in, in the beginning, um, I was with a band called the Wild Geese. And we traveled, uh, we were young at the time. We had some wild days all over Germany and France and Italy and uh, mostly in the continent, you know. Right. And um, then, uh, then I, as I, as I started writing my own music, I put my uh, units together. But most of my life, I played here in Dinger with um, a fellow called John Brown, great guitar player, brilliant guitar player. Mm -hmm. And I recorded my first album with John Brown in Tralee, whom we you know he had a small little eight track uh, sound studio. And I went into it and he said to me, Well, he said, it's an eight, it's an eight track reel to reel. He says, But, uh, uh, the Beatles recorded uh, one of their albums on an A track. <laughs> well, that's a good place to start. So, so that'll do. So, <clears throat> so where we went, yeah. Uh, you, you, you said two people, and the person we didn't talk about was Sean O'Reilly. Sean had a huge influence on me because I would I would have known him from Kool Aid. He was a, he was a, a lecturer in Cork University. He was a pure genius. Uh, he he wrote the, the the music for the film Misha Era. He was just a wonderful, wonderful man. He died too far too young, died at the age of 40, but he lived in oh, Coulee. Yeah. And uh, he, he, he reared his family in Coulee. His family are still living in Coulee, okay. Adorita and Ali and people like that. And um, so I would I would I would have would have known him through being being in Coulee uh, on my holidays. And he, he had a a concert that he put on in the in the Gacy Theatre in Dublin. Uh, mm -hmm. Back in, I suppose it was the 60s. <clears throat> and uh, it, it was uh, uh, Sean Arita and Kyo Tori Coolen. And Kyo Tori Coolen went on to become the chieftains with Paddy oh, Maloney. Okay. Yes. So that was a that, that was a, an absolutely unbelievable concert. And it changed it changed the whole course of Irish music. Because yes. what Sean did, he took the, the, the Irish music, uh, which was used to be played, uh, everybody playing together, playing the same version or, or playing the is basically the same melody and he took it and he arranged it and he took it from the from the pubs and from the from the the, the rooms into uh, into the concert hall and put it on the stage and and made the people uh, appreciate that they had very serious kind of uh music form here and in ireland uh, yeah appreciate it yeah yeah um, so in other words he's a huge figure when you look at the transitioning of music from we'll say a pub to the front room of somebody's house sessions and so forth and just taking it onto the concert hall stage absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. yeah yeah now um moving on so you are located in dingle and i know for a fact that before covid um you'd see posters around the, the town for the tourists who are lucky enough to visit there or visited there back in those years and you performed in saint james's church and other places around the town now i'm just wondering what has happened since before covid and how are these concerts happening now are they happening what's kind of the future thinking about dingle's plans for these concerts and yourself well be, be, before before covid came along dingle was a kind of a, a, a an absolutely a thriving hub uh, for Irish traditional music. It had, had been a, 
a light that attracted loads of wonderfully uh, talented young musicians to town over the years. I came here in 79 and there was very few uh, traveling musicians around. There was a couple of local people, all right. There was two local families, the Flaherty's in Dingle and uh, the Begley's back, back west. And apart from that, there was very little music going on around. Um, and there was very, there was, there was no gigs in the, the town. Uh, but before, since, 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 since then, it has, it has really kind of blossomed. Uh, when, when, I, when I came, I came in 79 uh, with uh, my partner, Lanka, and we set up a kind of a whole food shop at the time. And uh, I, I started a folk club in the Star Bar just to uh, have uh, someplace that my friends could come and, and play some music so that I wouldn't go out of my mind uh, uh, with no music uh, around the place. Uh, but, but now it's, uh, since, before, since COVID came, it's, it's all died down. But before COVID, uh, the town was, uh, we've had a, three or four waves of people coming to, great musicians coming to, to Dingle uh, to work in the summertime uh, in the gigs. I mean, there's over 50 pubs in Dingle and most of them had music. So there's a lot of gigs and some, some pubs even had uh, three or four gigs a night. So you can imagine the, 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 the demand for, uh, for musicians. Yeah, I mean, Dingle as a tourist spot is huge. I mean, it's it, they're saying yeah. that it's one of the top destinations to visit in the world, really, yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And music would would be a lot of the attraction there, you know. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But since since COVID came and everything died, so nothing's happened. It's just slowly it's starting to come back. So uh, how many how many years has there been no activity at all with gigs and concerts in Dingle? Is it going on to two years now? Oh, it's over two years, yeah. Over yeah. two years now. And you're hoping yeah. to kind of bring it back, hopefully in 2022? Yes, yes. I think we, we, if we're lucky, we'll be able to start off the, the, the uh, full concerts of the church again. They, they ran three days a week, you know, Monday, Wednesday. But I mean, the, they, they were kept going really by the, the tourists, and especially the Americans. The Americans love those, those uh, intimate settings. And uh, so, but the, the Americans are starting to come back now, so... I think I think it might it might be it might get back to a few more gigs. Hopefully, anyway. Hopefully, I know. Yeah. music is needed. It's so needed oh, in yeah. our life. It's incredible yeah. that yeah. you know what you could sense was when there was all these concerts and gigs gone. There was a grayness. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, music brings so much color, and yeah. um, it just helps people, like you said before we were recorded, to really release the the pressure in life or. Mm just to get into yeah. another space for a while, just to relax and, you know, well, let, let, tune out. You can't, you can't beat live music because- uh, No, you can't, no. The, the sound waves hit, hit the chakras in the body and they kind of, they, they wake you up, you know, they, they shake you up and they, they bring you into reality, you know? And they, if, you, if you're feeling bad, they can, they, they can raise you out of it. And if you're feeling too high, they can calm you down. They can do, it's just unbelievable. But you need you need the, the live music to, so so you get hit by the waves, the sound waves. It doesn't work on, on doesn't work on, off 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 a television or off off a big screen or off. No, the, it doesn't. Oh, there's something special about you know being there live in the in the yeah. location where music is being played. Yeah. So, when you're choosing the pieces for a concert that you're going to perform, are you aware of what kind of emotions you want to trigger, what kind of a feeling you want to give the audience? Do you kind of choose very carefully what you perform? Yeah, well, it also depends on, on the on the audience you have, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you're if you're 
if you're playing to a young audience, you, you'll be you'll be kind of more kind of lively, you know. Uh, get you maybe you want to get them up dancing, so you might play lively music. But uh, we always mix it up, you know. We we'll, we we'll give them something to, to my music. I always kind of mix, bring them, give them something to to kind of feel first, and then uh, just something to just bring them on and lose the head and go mad, you know, yeah. then come back. It's it's a wonderful and... art form. It really is. So you're yeah. also a composer. And I'm yeah. wondering how did your composing side of you develop? How did that begin? And how do you work composition into your everyday life? Um, well, I kind of I kind of gradually slipped into it. Uh, when, uh, when, I, when I was with the band, uh, the Wild Geese, we used to we used to kind of uh, we used to do a traditional music uh, uh, most of the time, and uh, every now and again, then we, we'd uh, I, I'd something would happen in my life, and I'd I'd uh, uh, compose a piece of music just to kind of get over that that time, you know, just let that mm -hmm. emotion pass, you know, mm -hmm. and then sometimes somebody says, "We should we should record that," so that's how how I started recording with the band, and then uh, when I brought up my first album, Kuminoa. And uh, I had, had a good few pieces put together, so I just decided uh, uh, instead of uh, instead of uh, recording the traditional tunes that, that would be everybody's playing, just try a, a few new ideas there, you know, so mm -hmm. that it becomes really mine. It's my my mark, if you like. You yeah, know? your signature style. And I'm not copying anybody. I'm not trying to be like anybody else, you know. Yeah. So uh, and uh, it, it, it worked, and it, it also. There was, there was a lot of things that had happened in my life that I was trying to get over and try, try and sort out. And the music helped me a lot. So, so it's then like I, therapy I, in a sense. Yeah, that's, that's what I usually use it for as a kind of, kind of a, a celebration of life or, or a getting over a sad event or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's how yeah. I kind of just slipped into it, you know? Yeah. So you have three albums. Now your website is at how do you pronounce it? D i d u i g o dot com. D Diego. Diego. Diego dot com, and you have three albums for people to purchase. You have Timeless, Lumina, and Pagan Irish. Can you tell us yeah. about Timeless? Firstly, what can people find yeah. in that album? Uh, time Timeless is a combination of two albums. My first two albums, uh, which are actually on the website as well as downloads, but not as uh, physical items, not as physical CDs, but you can get that. And so Kumino was the first album I, I did. Uh, that's that's nearly thirty years ago now, when that was made, and it had a it had a big effect. A big uh, that was that was the first one I did, and it uh, it had it was all new compositions. So it had a, quite an impact on uh, radio, for example, got a lot of airplay. And uh, I brought it out. I recorded with John Brown inside my small studio in Tralee. Uh, it's called Real to Real. It was an eight-track Real to Real there. And um, uh, Kuminol is is a beach in uh, on the Slayhead Drive. So the title track was actually written on Kuminol, and it was kind of a tearjerker. There was kind of a lot of sad stuff going on in my life at the time. Uh, and uh, I called it that. But that. Uh, so, so ancient right is is a, is a combination of those two albums. That, that, that and the second one was ancient right, uh, which uh, the title track on that is dedicated to my mother, who was steeped in the tradition. That's where that that title came from. So that album, just yeah. to repeat the title, is timeless, and you yeah. you can 
can that be downloaded as well or is it just cd it can be downloaded as well yeah yeah okay now the second album that people can listen to here is lumina so what's the story surrounding lumina well uh, lumina is a six part suite uh, written for low whistles and it was inspired by the the stained glass windows in the district chapel in dingle which is a small little church uh, behind the main church on green street um it was the presentation convent uh it was their their main main center in, in town and um it, it traces the journey of the spirit from birth to death to rebirth and uh uh it was produced by a wonderful guitar player called joy o'byrne and had uh, uh got a lot of airplay at the time and a lot of um attention uh, and did actually quite well in, in the in the sales as well uh, but I actually I have plenty of them for sale if anybody's interested because uh, last year Bill Nabilton asked me to, to, to put on Lumen again as a as a concert so okay. we, we rehearsed it and I got a I, I print I did a, a rerun because I was out of print so I did a rerun thinking we were going to have, have a great uh, 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 surge again but then the, the COVID hit so that was the end of that you know oh, okay but we actually did we, did, we did put on the concert, an outdoor concert to 80 people. And it was quite nice, it was good, good crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and isn't music yeah. in the outdoors beautiful in the summer? Yeah, yeah. When the weather yeah. is there, it's, it's beautiful. And the yeah. other album you have is Pagan Irish. Yeah. Interesting title, Pagan Irish. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's the latest album. That's about four years old now. That's, that's, uh, that was written about the, telling the story of the Battle of Entry. Uh, Coffee and Trow between Finn McCool and the King of the World, and uh, it was a, a it was an interesting battle. It was fought for a year and a day, and it was all part of the Fianna writings, which are uh, uh, writings in Irish, which go back to the time of the Fianna and the tales of the Fianna, which were an army uh, to dare to protect Ireland against invasion. And um, yeah. Uh, uh, it just just tells us that story in that story music. so it's just music put to, yeah the story told through music now you're an illan piper and you're a low tin whistle player so have you any preference between the two or do you like them both equally uh the low whistle is a lot easier to play than the pipes that yes way. yeah it's got uh, a very uh, rich deep resonant sound hasn't it yeah low whistle, you, you it's, pick, it's lovely you can pick up a low whistle and you, and you can play it straight away Instead of pipes, you got to pick it up. You got to wind it up. You got to you got to play it for half an hour before it settles down, and before yeah. you kind of can. And I suppose you have to take it. you have to take extra care of the Ilan pipes. Now, if somebody yeah. was interested in getting into the world of Ilan pipes, particularly Ilan pipes, what advice yeah. would you give them? Because you told me before recording that it takes twenty one years to learn how to play the Ilan pipes, seven years to learn, seven years to practice, and seven years to perfect. So I think there's a story there. Yeah. Well, anyway, there was a man came up to me in, in the in the Tommy O'Sullivan's bar in, in Dingle there last Saturday night. He was from Argentina and he was blown away by the sound of the pipes and he was 22 years of age. And he, he said he asked me about the pipes. So I said to him, I said, Well, you're still not too old. You, you still got, you got your life ahead of you. But uh, if you take on the pipes, make sure that you, you realize that it's 21 years you need. And that's just that's that's just saying it needs time. You can't just pick them up. It's not like like sitting at a piano or sitting. You really have to put a lot of time into these. And anybody who, who anybody who'd be interested in doing that, 
there's plenty of, of uh, places there now where you can get help. And the, the, the first place you would go to is the Piper's Club in Dublin. Now, if you just Google, Google Piper's Club Dublin, you'll get in touch with this it's incredible club who have got into where they'll tell you in, in who who's the nearest pipe maker to you who's the, who who give you lessons for you where, where you're living that's, oh, that's, that's fantastic. the way to go yeah. yeah 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 so you think uh, adults can learn to play ill and pipes it doesn't have to be young people you can you do say. you can do whatever you can do whatever you want as long as you set your mind to it yes and age age doesn't matter Age doesn't matter. Isn't that great? You say that when you get to my age. <laughs> well, no, but I, it's it's a mindset. It's it's a mindset. Yeah, it I mean, mindset. it is yeah. a total mindset. You're either like I often think you either go all in or you just, you know, don't bother. And you'll find out whether it's for you then or not, you know, or not. Yeah. Because sometimes that can happen, too. But um, yeah. thank you very much for coming on the interview slot today. It's been a pleasure learning your story. And. Have you any events coming up soon, online or offline, that people can go to in the next few months? Uh, all, all I'm doing at the moment is Saturday night and play, play Saturday night in uh, uh, in Tommy's, in Samuel Sullivan's in the courthouse with Tommy. And is that being live streamed or is it just to the local people no, there? It's just anybody that gets there, if you get there in town, you get a place. I mean, numbers are limited, so it's right. just not that it used to be so just to clarify the courthouse pub is in dingle and yes. what what time is the event at nine the events o'clock. nine o'clock so you start playing at 9 p.m so the ideal i suppose yeah. you have to get there a good bit before to get a seat eight o'clock is a good time to be there if you want to get in really right okay yeah. and is there any restrictions with vaccine passports or anything like yes. that yes you have to have vaccine you have to have vaccines and all that kind of stuff okay Okay. Yeah. And is there a ticket price to it or is it just people can go in and sit? Or? First come, first serve. Okay. No price. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, put it this way. If we're back in Dingle, we might head your direction. Okay. <laughs> Listen, okay. it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast today and um, keep us informed of new events coming up. And just before we leave you, have you any plans for new albums coming up? Have you any new compositions that you're burning to get out there? I have a couple, but no, no, nothing, nothing in 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 stone yet. Nothing kind of that is nothing in stone. So it's 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 burning away I'm slowly. Busy. I'm busy looking after my granddaughter at the moment. Happy, yeah. happy enough. With that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> special time, special time. Well, listen, an absolute pleasure to have you on, and thanks very much. Thank you too.